There are some parts of you that won't get to be lived to the fullest because it doesn't fit inside the relationship house you're making. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from all over the world to hear their personal journeys of self-discovery through the lenses of love, sex, and relationships. Our mission is to show people that they're not alone and to inspire them to embrace their true selves so that together we can open minds and live authentically without shame. We believe everyone's story is powerful and beautiful, yet it's important to remember that everyone does life a little bit differently and that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we aren't doctors. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to Ask Us Anything. This is Finn and Miche, where we get questions from the community and we ask ourselves probing questions while you're also asking us probing questions and we arrive at hopefully a beautiful destination who knows and and we're making it up as we go with yeah. with years of experience of doing this but also i think there's no right answers to pretty much all of the questions out there yeah no that's what i love about this is that we just kind of figure it out as we go yeah yeah I love it. Well, before we jump in, a few important notes. Uh, first of all, this doesn't apply to anybody listening, but happy Valentine's Day, Miche. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. I didn't realize it was Valentine's Day until I walked into Publix, and Publix was like, explosion of pink and red. So, yeah. Yeah, I I realized it in a similar fashion way late. So, it sounds like this is an, a very important holiday to both of us. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we get to celebrate it together. Yes. <laughs> And maybe the next piece of housekeeping would be we have a special edition Ask Us Anything coming up. We don't have the exact month that we're going to do this, but sometime in the next few months. We have the director of marketing from One Condom. So the condom company that Emma and I have been working with for many years that sends us thousands upon thousands of condoms and lube, which is amazing perk. She's coming on. She loves talking about condoms. She's super dedicated to like sexual health and, and all of the amazing stuff. She wants to come on and answer some condom questions. And so we've invited her on. So what we need from you listeners is to send us your questions about condoms. They don't have to be about that brand condom, just in general. And we will be tackling those in a few months. So please send those in in addition to all of your other questions. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. With that, maybe we just jump into the first question today. I think both of these, to me, have a lot to do with boundaries and being okay with ourselves. And we've touched on similar topics, but I think they're going to come up over and over and over and over again. They're hard questions, so it makes sense. Yeah. So maybe with that, we just jump into the first one. Could you both talk about honoring oneself, one's own personal desires, while balancing agreements that you have with a partner, particularly when they don't align, and ways to walk the tightrope or do the dance of hurting oneself because you're not able to pursue fully the desires that you wish to because you're respecting and you want to respect the boundaries of the person that you're partnered with. Curious uh, to chat about that. Thank you. 
Yeah, this is a good one. I think we've kind of touched on this kind of like similar question before. And I think it's really valuable because I know that it, it comes up multiple times in a relationship. Yeah, totally. And I I think this is one of those where there isn't a a right answer. And I was sort of telling you, Miche, that I is sort of just, I could philosophize on this for quite a while. And it's it's Mm -hmm. sort of just my own sort of philosophy and life experiences sort of playing into this. So again, people listening, these are our opinions, sort of our beliefs. And I don't even know that we are completely aligned in those. So I think that's fun too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think you mentioned, like when we were talking about this a little bit, you were, you mentioned running with us. Yeah. I'm happy to share my, maybe my analogy briefly and then we can. And then I'll share mine. (laughs) Yeah. And then we can unpack it. So I, I would say if, if, if you want the TLDR version of this would be to me is, I haven't, I'm not into my analogy yet, but is I think we all are if we want to be in relationships with people, it's really important to find people who have similar interests, similar goals, similar, uh, not necessarily interests. I think interests are fine to have very different interests, but I think having similar philosophies around relationships and what we're wanting. I also think we don't necessarily know that upfront. And we, we often get into relationships and then learn along the way that, oh, we have very different views on this, that, or the other thing. And so I don't, I don't think you can ever catch all of those in like on a first date and know. So the reality I think is we do give up parts of ourselves or we give up activities and things that we want to do to be in a relationship. And for me, it's finding the line between how much am I willing to give up, whether those are activities or parts of myself to be in a relationship or a connection. I mean, that could just be a friendship. Like how much, how much of myself am I willing to give up to be best friends with somebody? Because the only way we can be best friends is if we go to the bar and drink every, every week, but I don't like drinking that much. So am I willing to do that? I think it can map to all sorts of partnership connections. Okay. Also, like, I think it's important to know how much is too much of giving up of who you are. Like whether you are in a monogamous relationship or uh, an E&M relationship, there are some parts of you that won't get to be lived to the fullest because it doesn't fit inside the relationship house you're making. And that happens in both dynamics. No one gets exactly 100% of what they want at all times. Um, And so I know we talk a lot about in E&M how, you know, not no one can give you everything. So, you know, we, we are able to seek out other people who have other things that kind of spark with that particular piece that doesn't fit into the relationship house you might have with like a primary or, or the partner that you're with at the time, Um, which is beautiful and and lovely. And that still exists. Even if you have that with that one partner, it's, it's not going to fulfill the other thing. So there are parts that do go on the shelf, but it shouldn't be at the death of yourself. Um, that's your ethics at your morals or the things that make you happy to, to be alive and to give to yourself and others. Well, and I will offer often those things that make you happy, feel alive and be yourself are probably the things that drew that other person to you. And so when you start giving those up, right, I, that that can be really hard. And, and, and I mean, it's hard for us, right. To give up who we are, but you're ultimately not serving the relationship anyway. 
yeah. um, in the long run. But I will just say too, I think the one of the hardest parts about this is is often knowing when you've given up too much of yourself is a hard thing to know before you've done it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh, I stepped over the line. <laughs> yeah. And so it's recognizing that once it's happened. And I think then I would just offer here that agreements can change, right? You you talked mm-hmm. the the listener, the, the person who sent this in talked about like, I want to honor the boundaries. I want to honor our agreements. But perhaps one or the other person is feeling like, I can't do that without giving myself up. Or maybe I've been doing that and I'm realizing that I've given up too much of myself. And I think that's where it's time to say, hey, this agreement worked, you know, mm-hmm. uh, five months ago or a month ago or even yesterday. And now that I'm living it, it's not working anymore. So I, I need a different agreement. I need to change the agreements. I need to voice a new boundary. And quick, quick, important note, boundaries are not, Miche, you can't do a thing. They are, Miche, I need something. If you can't do that, here's what mm-hmm. will happen in, in response. And yeah. so that is, and that's not a threat. Those aren't necessarily ultimatums. And they could be, but that's not necessarily the goal of that. And well, so, boundaries and ultimatums are different things too. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah. So maybe that analogy we've been raving about for so long was was running, um, and and I speak an analogy a lot, and so I'll try to keep this short. But my my th- feelings, my opinions on these are that it's not always up to the fastest person to go slower, and it's not always up to the slowest person to go faster, because I think. Both of those cause a level of discomfort in the other that is that can be damaging. And so the the way I think about it is if if I want to go and and run a marathon and I haven't trained at all, or maybe I run casually occasionally, and I want to go run with somebody who's a world class marathon, you know, marathoner, mm-hmm. how long am I going to be able to keep up running at their pace? Maybe maybe twenty seconds, hundred meters. Seconds. 10 seconds. <laughs> 10 seconds. <laughs> and, like, I'm and I'm done. But, you know, and, and so it's easy to say, well, it's easier for you to run at my speed to go slower. Mm-hmm. But chances are, if you went and asked somebody who can run elite level marathons to run at my pace, after a, probably a few minutes, they're going to be like, this is grueling. I can't do this, Uh right? I need something more. Yeah. And so that is where I think it's the dance of how do we find something that works for both of us? And to me, that comes down to talking about what is our goal with running? Well, if our goal with running is to be outside together, enjoying a nice day and being active, maybe running doesn't have to be the activity. Maybe we could go biking where we're Mm -hmm. maybe on a more level playing field. And so maybe it's changing your relationship dynamic to be something that fits your life and their life in a better way. And I think we see that where people say, well, we wanted to be together, but we just couldn't make it work in a romantic way. But we have kids together and we own a home. So can we be nesting Uh Mm co-parents? We see those types of shifts all the time. And so being able to look at, look at your capacity and look at the other persons and say, well, the goal is to be together and I don't want to force it into being together in this way. It's more important just to be together. And maybe that's not your goal. Maybe your goal is like, I'm looking for a romantic partner that's going to raise a family with me because that is the most important thing in my life. 
okay, then I'm probably not your best partner because I'm looking for somebody to see every couple of weeks for a fun date night. We aren't going to so have totally a good different time. Speeds. Yeah. yeah. So when you were talking about running, since I am, I'm not a runner, um, it made me think of, of rollerblading. I loved rollerblade and every now and then I can, um, like I'll get, we used to get all the kids together and all the moms and we would go to a roller skating rink, mayhem on wheels. And so I like to go fast. So I learned how to roller skate, like on the streets, like going through downtown's areas. So I love to go fast. And so going at like the quad shuffle speed is like a little bit of nails on a chalkboard for me. Mm-hmm. And so when I go around and we have all our friends, I have to remind myself sometimes, like I want to have conversations with these people and I want to communicate. And so I'll slow down and I will skate with friends for a little bit and then I'll do a couple laps and then I'll slow down and I'll skate with kids or sometimes I'll, I'll help them go along um, because the goal is community and the goal is connection. Um, and the goal is to make sure that everybody has a great time. So the, I still take the time out to like, go at the speed that makes me comfortable, but that's not the goal of why we're there in the first place. Um, and every, like, I've even had friends been like, you just go so fast. Like we can't keep up with you. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. I just, but I can't do the same speed all the time, but I have to remind myself what the goal is. And then also when I am skating with friends before I just peel off and go someplace else, I want to make sure that they're taken care of. So I'll make sure that they're skating with another friend or, you know, that their husbands or boyfriends come back and, and, and hang out with them or they're with kids before I just like peel off and go someplace else. So when I think about like the goal, um, you know, like what are your core needs? What are the, what's the need of whatever dynamic you're engaging in? Um, and then how are you incorporating other people into those speeds? Like all of that kind of needs to be looked at as well. Yeah. I love that. And and maybe to go with yours too, is there's so much, I think there's so much that can happen when, when we open up the dialogue and are able to communicate because right. If you say, Hey person, I was just getting this urge to just like bomb this hill. I just want to just tear down this. And they're like, uh, and, but you say, but I don't want to do that because, you know, our other friend hasn't come back from the bathroom yet. I didn't want you to be alone. And they're like, Hey, you know what? I actually don't need you to stick back. I hope you go and like light it up out there. But my ask would be, could you just stay within eyesight? Cause then, you know, yeah. if you just take off and you're gone for 20 minutes, I yeah. might start to wonder if you just took off on me. So, you know, I don't need you to stick around and wait for somebody to come back, but yeah. could you come back within five minutes? And you're like, mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. But I think I might struggle to be back in exactly five minutes. So could we call it like five to 10? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're in a negotiation yeah. about what do we need? So this roller skating or roller blading experience mm-hmm. is fun. Yeah, And if you ultimately get to a place where you're like, no, I can't do that. I need to be gone for 10 minutes. And they're like, 10 minutes is going to freak me out. I can't do that. Then maybe this is not an activity we should do. But but to be able to talk about it rather than next time you say, hey, I want to love to go roller skating with you. And they're like, no, I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy. And you're like, I've asked you to go 10 times and you're always busy. You must not like me versus we weren't good at that activity. <laughs> that's a very different space, right? Like, no, I don't want to go s- or spend time with you versus like, we're, we're, that just doesn't work for us. Yeah. That's open communication. That's putting all your cards on the table and it allows you to say, okay, well, how do we actually want to show up? What yeah. works for us? 
Also, like, sometimes the comparison game kind of falls in here, too. Like, if you have other friends that are poly or have read books or listen to podcasts and other people are doing, you know, marginally well, there might be, like, a goal that you think that you should be getting to or milestones you should be reaching. And at the end of the day, the only people that are in that relationship are the people that are in the relationship. So it has to work for Mm -hmm. you all. It does not have to look like anybody else's. Yeah. Yeah. That comparison is real too, right? If I love hanging in the analogy is probably way too long. So, but that would be right. You take off and and there's another friend who's like, Oh, I love going at that speed with Miche. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon the other friend's like, well, you obviously just like hanging out better with each other. Cause you can yeah. skate at the same speed. And it's like, actually I, when I'm with you, I couldn't give two shits if I have roller skates on, or if we're just sitting on a blanket under a tree, like it matters not to me because the goal is to be in relationship. And so I think that really, to me is the core of it. What, what is the goal of our partnership, our friendship, our connection, and how do we do that in a way that makes us both feel awesome? Oh, I like that. Like that a lot. Okay. So now that we've solved world hunger. <laughs> then we're gonna amp it up a notch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. You feel good with that one? Yeah, I do. Um, I hope I hope that one was helpful. I know it's a little like enigmatic to answer, but I think really it's just about boundaries, your intention, the goals that you want, realistic expectations and capacity, like touching back in with each other. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that was that was what you picked up as well. And and maybe I'll add one piece, which is grief in there. The grief of, I want to meet you, but I fucking can't. I want to skate as fast as you skate, Miche. And every time I do, I smash my face into the ground. So I'm not able to do it anymore. And I don't want you to stop doing it. So I, there's sadness. There's a loss there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Especially if you had gone into it thinking it would be one way, and then once you recognize your capacity and the your pace, recognizing it won't be that at all. Yeah, that's a lot of grief. Yeah. Hmm. Perfect. Well, I think it's a good place to put a bow on that one and okay. and talk about monopolydynamics or the one person is monogamous, one person is polyamorous. What does that mean? Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Hi, you guys. I wanted to reach out and get your advice on this situation. So the situation is a monogamous married couple where one partner wants to explore polyamory and the other partner does not. The partner who does not is not completely closed off. They have had some open conversations about it. But overall, the outlook on it and the desires are pretty different. So I just wanted to reach out and other than couples therapy and individual therapy, see what your advice was on the situation. Thank you. All right. This is a good one. My my first, my, my just very, very first thing is I just want to celebrate the fact that it's so easy to land in these situations and be closed off to it. And just even the fact that you're here, one or the other of you is not interested necessarily in an activity. I'm just boiling it down to an activity or a relationship style or something. And yet you're both here working together to try to find a way to do it. So I just wanted to celebrate that up front. That's some awesome validation right there. I like it. 
And I cut you off, Misha. So you. Oh no, you're fine. I think that that was that was well said and needed to be stated up front. I like it. I think that sometimes this one isn't as highlighted in our community as it could be, and um, it's definitely a valid relationship structure. And it's also kind of hard sometimes too, <laughs> uh, because like although technically one person is mono and the other person is poly. If one person is poly, then you're kind of both in a poly relationship, even if like interactions and like behavior mechanisms are not the same because you are still having to talk about what your boundaries are and you have to talk about what's okay and what's just yours and what's not. And like, there's still all of this poly boundary conversation that has to happen. So unless it's a don't ask, don't tell type of situation, it is relatively still poly in nature. Yeah, I I love that you said that and I think it's so so spot on and we've had some we've had somebody come on the show at one point recently that said that the in monopoly dynamics the person who is monogamous is actually the more polyamorous one. And I and it's a weird way to say it, but I think to me the way I distill that down is we aren't creating a polyamorous relationship for one partner and a monogamous relationship for the other. We are creating, co-creating a relationship for the two of us that allows and, and supports us both to relate in ways that feel the best to us. So I would like to be monogamous. I don't have an interest in meeting other people. You do. And we have the joint desire to be together can we create a dynamic that works that meets all of those needs versus like you're responsible for yours i'm responsible for mine and i hope we have some overlap yeah that sounds really isolating and kind of like a slow channel down separation and not being able to come back together because your worlds will look so incredibly different yeah yeah i love that that she said that you know, the person who is more desiring monogamy isn't totally opposed or totally closed off to it, but that sort of the, maybe the interests are different or probably even the way that would feel good to them to experience their partner having these things is different than maybe what their partner wants, which I think maybe reference the first question because there's a lot in there about, you know, how much can we bend before we break? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it really is to me about co-creating a dynamic that works for both people and holds both people. So you're not just, to be honest, I don't think you are monogamous. You are in a poly, you might be monogamous, but you are in a polyamorous relationship. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of these where it works really well when the person who is monogamous feels as though they're actually in a relationship with themselves. Like, yes, I am having a relationship with my partner, but, um, instead of using all that extra space that's now created because they're also spending some of their time with other people, I get to take that time and it's not just empty. I get to then pour it into like my interests and what makes me happy and maybe extra friendships. So what are you going to do with that extra space that is now yours while your partner is engaging with other people? So you might want to spend more time with yourself or with friends. Um, but then also it's important that you continue to communicate what's the secret between you and your partner, what you two want to focus on, because that relationship still needs to be completely 
nurtured and being able to have the conversation and build in safe spaces where you can say, hey, maybe I think you're spending too much time by yourself, enjoying yourself with friends. Listen, I can brunch all day long. Do not leave me to myself. I will date the crap out of myself, right? Um, where some, or, or you could be like, you know, you are, maybe I'm feeling a little neglected because you're having like too many dates in a week and I need you to just like spend some more quality time with me. So being able to have those safe spaces um, to talk with each other. I think that's really important, but it, it really is about the communication piece. Like you still have to have the same kind of communication between each other that you would have if you're both poly. Yeah. I, I uh, a thousand percent agree. And I think that is uh, maybe you had, you had shared when we were talking beforehand that you had an experience of running in the park and I, yeah. and I'm good bringing the running back. Cause I'm going to bring it back again in a minute. But I think this was a really great example that showed that you could go and do a thing together mm-hmm. and have it not be the same, but still be connected. Yeah. So I was going out with my partner and we were, we decided to like, he had downloaded this app that was like, like from the couch to like 5k. And I, if you know me, like if there's no zombies behind me, I'm not running. So we all, we went to this great little like walking trail and it was gorgeous park. There were dogs out there playing and it was like bridges over lakes. And he starts taking off and he's like, I'll circle back around. And after a while I was like, don't worry about it. Like, just go enjoy yourself. I'm going to walk. Cause again, not running. So I'm walking. I feel a little bad cause I can't keep up with this pace, nor do I actually want to. Um, but I enjoyed the sunlight. I enjoyed the sound of the nature, watching the squirrels, watching people picnic, the water underneath the the bridge. I enjoyed all of that. He enjoyed himself in the park the entire time. We were not together, but we were doing a joint activity. And the goal was just to enjoy the day and the park and to get some sunshine. And so because the goal was still accomplished, the fact that we weren't right beside each other with each other's pace was really important. Like it didn't matter. Like that part wasn't the focus. The focus was enjoying the day. Yeah. Totally. And I, I, I love that. And I also hear people being like, yeah, well, uh, running is definitely not as fucking scary as my partner going out on dates or falling in love. A hundred percent agree. That's valid. <laughs> I, I, I 100% agree that those things are scarier. And I will say this too, for some people that is true for others that, that, that it just clicks that, that, that running is the same type of activity as having sex. And so I think that's just something to remember that some people see those almost as exactly the Mm -hmm. same. Um, But I think that brings me to one of the major things that I wanted to offer as some advice around this is go slow, right? This is new. Your, Your first time probably opening up into a dynamic that is polyamorous. One of you isn't that interested in it, probably some fear in it. So going slow, it it is probably a whole lot scarier than Miche's example of going for a run in the park where they could adapt on the fly. Like he can take off. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) There's there's actual zombies who are going to steal my partner and my partner's love and hugs and Mm -hmm. and heart. Mm -hmm. The zombies could be like, I could see if the zombies were like, you know, new relationship energy or falling in love or this person has a hot bod, you know, like that could be the zombie. And then, yeah, I'm probably going to want to try to speed up. But at the end of the day, like it's not inherently who I am. I'm going to eventually like run out of steam. So we need to communicate about (laughs) what this is going to look like. Yeah. And I think that's the going slow to me is really important, especially at the beginning of stuff like this. And 
you know, I, and that's not to say never take your first step, never, you know, just read, 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 and never actually try it. But I think there is some value in going slow, having some experiences, debriefing from those and going, what, what, what felt good? What didn't, um, what would, what could, how could we adapt that? And, um, so I just, that was my, my big piece of advice is to go slow. Um, like that. and, and of course I have another running, I, I, I can bring in the analogy from earlier around running huh? because I think there's just maybe a cautionary thought here of things that we've seen a lot happen over the years, which is, I'm going to use the running analogy, which is two people decide we want to go running. And one of them says, I'm pretty sure I've been a runner my whole life. I just learned about running and I'm ready to go. And they go out and the other person's like, I don't know, running kind of sucks. It looks just like walking, but way harder. Why the hell would I do that? That would be me. And yeah, it's going to take a lot more energy to do the exact same thing. And I don't want to, but okay, I will, I'm let's try this running thing. And you go outside and person who was gung-ho takes off sprinting and the other person's like yeah i told you i didn't want to go that fast but what we see then happen is 10 miles down the road person b catches up to person a who's laying on the ground with torn hamstrings and cramps and they're like this running thing is really fucking hard and the other one's like actually pretty much loving this running thing and (laughs) i'm gonna keep running and so the dynamic of And I will say, drawing some gendered lines, we often see this in the world of a a male person comes and says, male partner says, I would like to be non-monogamous. And their female partner would say, not super interested in it, but okay. Six months later, typically the, the... the female partner and now again in these dynamics this isn't like happens all the time but in these dynamics the female person is like yeah i guess i'll give it a try hops onto the apps and they're like wow this is pretty amazing look at all this attention i'm getting i'm going on dates this is a blast and the Uh guy's like hold the fuck on like yeah this isn't running i this is not what i wanted to do can you slow down actually, no, I can't slow down. I'm enjoying running now. Um, I'm sorry you broke your leg, but I ran at a pace that felt good for me and I'm getting really good at it and I want to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I just, back to agreements can change, boundaries can change. Things the pace that we, changes the sometimes. Pace changes. Maybe that person gets really used to that one and then they eventually take off or they yep. go even a lo- little slower than that. Like, yeah. The paces change in the middle too. I think that's sometimes something that's like a rude awakening in the middle of this is that the pace gets, gets different, you know, it changes what people want changes. Yeah. And the number of times we've heard like, well, they didn't even want to do it and now they're doing it more than me. What the hell? That's not what this. And so it's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they just discovered a new thing that they love doing mm-hmm. that you brought to the table. Like in some sense, how amazing is that, that you helped your partner find something they're excited about? Great perspective. And also how scary is that? <laughs> or you can have it the other way where people are like, okay, I'm going to try to keep your pace. And like for the first like five miles, they are like neck and neck with you. And then after a while, they're like, this doesn't serve me. I'm not yep. having fun. Like I tried to do this for you, but this actually doesn't work for me. And they want to slow down. And the other person has to grieve the fact that they thought they had a running buddy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like now they're like, well, well, now what do I do? I don't want to run by myself. I want you to run with me. And then you have to reconfigure what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I've loved, I think both of these to me have an overall theme of 
grief, grief at the end of the day that I want, maybe I wanted to go into a thing with you and I wanted to be neck and neck, side by side till death do us part. And once we start doing things, I think especially that are hard, the reality is we can't do them at the same speed, at the same pace as, as other people. And so giving each other the room to wiggle and, and fall behind or get ahead. Not that either one of those is preferred, just that my pace is my pace and your pace is your pace. And can we move together through the world in a way where we feel connected Mm -hmm. without stifling each other? And you talked about, I think a little while ago about the differentiation of self, like in a relationship, because, you know, in monogamous structures, we are encouraged on a lot of levels to be codependent. And it's not like necessarily a bad thing. It's just the way we've been taught relationships work. Mm -hmm. And then you get into this structure and it actually makes you kind of figure out who you are within yourself and then who you are in partnership. Um, and, and that differentiation of self sometimes is painful and it's also good, um, but it doesn't work the same way. Yeah. Uh, we could spend another like two hours talking about the, the things that happen when we start to differentiate and we learn who we are and how that can often maybe seemingly drive us further apart from each other when us coming back to ourselves can really bring us closer together, even though, it doesn't necessarily look that way or feel that way, but it really is an important part of becoming ourselves. Mm-hmm. And growing in the relationship too. Yeah. And then grieving what we lost in that relationship. That, so that, that. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I just, I just got back uh, from a five day boundary workshop, actually four days, 20 hours boundary workshop. And what, what one of the things that the, the person it was julianne taylor shore if anybody wants to look this up it was an incredible workshop but basically one of the things she said over and over is m- almost all boundary work is actually grief work it's grieving the loss of what you thought was going to be in order to keep yourself safe yep oh that's oh that's so true i felt that i don't know if anybody else can feel that but i felt that yeah that's mm-hmm. we're gonna end on that I'm uh, I'm gonna need a drink now. You're gonna go get. (laughs) (laughs) No, yes. It's late enough for you. It's late enough in the day. You know, (laughs) three o'clock. It's Valentine's Day. We're gonna do that. That's right. Well, I am grateful, Miche, for our conversations every month, and I'm grateful to ever to the two people who sent these questions in. They were cool. Thank you for sending them in, and please, people listening, send us your questions. We would love to talk about them again. This is one source of information. These are our opinions, but you know, we've we've got experience doing this and we've also we've made a lot of the mistakes too. This is true. This is we've true. Done a lot of grieving. Have you done a lot of grieving? <laughs> I've done a lot of grieving. That's why I was like, oh, that feels real. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Miche, for joining me today Anytime. and for doing this. This is always a, a blast. This is fun. This is fun. Yeah. Okay. Till next time. Until next time, happy Valentine's Day to nobody because it's actually February 23rd. (laughs) But we will see you all in March. And send us your condom questions. Questions, yes. Okay. All right. Bye, Michelle. Bye.